This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another episode of Ali Le Rouge. I'm your host, Peter Hooten, and I'm joined by a very happy group of podcasters, including regulars Keith Corbin, John Nicholson, Stephen Monaghan, and Ian Byrne, founder of the Fan Support Food Banks, committee member of the Spirit of Shankly, and also does something as an MP or something, I don't know. But um, what a difference a fortnight makes. I mean, our last podcast was just before the United game at Old Trafford. I mean, we said there was nothing to fear, and um, and John Coleman, the Atkinson manager, was saying, you know, he thought there was nothing to fear, but, you know, after the United victory, he went on a, a four-game win and run to make a third in the Premier League, and um, the celebrations on Sunday night were absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, to get into the Champions League from where we were a few months ago, it definitely seemed like mission impossible. So I think that's the relief of, uh, of making it, you know. So uh, after the two disappointing draws against Leeds and Newcastle, which we should have won anyway, I think, we went on to win five in a row, and that was eight wins out of our last ten games. So, John Nicholson, do you think... I mean, was it always going to be, or do you think it's one of the great achievements of us in the last few years? Uh, yeah, great achievement. You know, I, I thought we'd lost it after we didn't beat Newcastle and the way in which we lost the points to Newcastle. Um, you know, Leeds also really a bit of a disappointment. But to win all those other games, if you go back to the Wolves game, uh, when we, had to, we basically had to win all of them that point on in. Wolves and Arsenal they were the first ones. Uh, and we almost did win all of them. And um, yeah, fantastic achievements when considering everything that's gone on this season with the injuries and lack of crowds, COVID and VAR, dare I mention it. I think I think we've done really, really well to, to finish third. Mono, in really. terms of, um, you know, it was a bit surreal on, on Sunday, wasn't it? Because we went in December, we couldn't go on the ballot for the, the game against Crystal Palace. But, I mean, were you just itching to get to Anfield and get in there? I mean, we, we went to a pub near the ground, but... Um, I mean, what, what did you do? What did you do on the day? Well, I went to the, one of the local pubs around there, Woodward, with Keith and a few of our mates. And yeah, it, it was, you know, it would have been great to go because obviously we needed to get in the, in the European Cup. And, you know, obviously waiting on other results as well. You know, if Leicester would have won by a high score, you know, that would have put us in danger. But I doubt that was ever going to happen. You know, I was I always thought he would have won it. But uh, I didn't think they were going to you know, win by four or five goals or whatever. But, you know, it's only like that, all the other fans who never had a chance in December. You know, we were all made up when we got in there. In fact, my, my game was against West Brom. That was the start of the slump. So, <laughs> oh, I'm You're the the now. Yeah, the so, Hailwood variant. It was, yeah. So, you know, after all what's gone on through all the year, you know, it was... Mostly downs, really. We didn't, we, didn't have, we didn't have very many ups, did we? You know, start of the season, you know, we, it was good. But then we just did the buffers, didn't we? You know, yeah, and obviously, yeah. with, as John just said, then no crowd or whatever. Yeah. And we, we said before on it, you know, I think we missed the crowd more than anyone, really. You know, we would have won some of them games. And well, in fact, it's the six on a bounce that, that done us in. You know, we, I think we would have uh, five at least of them. Yeah. But, you know, it was... It was um, it was great to you know to get the victory to you know to get us over the line eh? and 
and she finished third as well after all what went on. You know, unbelievable. You know, as John said, there that you know the games against their Leeds in Newcastle after Newcastle, you know, I just thought well, that's it. You now we said it all along. I mean, you know, played Arsenal. It was a must-win game. We win it then. Yeah, every game is the must-win game, and yeah. we we just couldn't get it. Could we? You know, yeah. but then you know these last ten games has been uh, been amazing for us. Really, you know, besides yeah. the two us, as I say, but. To go nominated him is, is a, a great feat for the, the team. Like, yeah, Keith, do you think? Do you think uh, Klopp's proved his genius in these last ten games? I mean, it's it's if you look at the games, the form table in the last ten games, we're, we're top of the the form table, aren't we? In the last ten games, and when the pressure was on, he came out with the goods, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's no coincidence that we had as much as it's a settled side we've probably had all through the season. Team selected itself really, didn't it? You know, I know we chopped and changed the midfield now and again with Van Alderman and um, whoever. But yeah, it was obviously that to me was a, a big, big thing. You know, I think it was two weeks ago we done the last one, the last podcast, and prior to that, obviously we, that was the day before United, wasn't it? And we were all saying because of the game, we hadn't had the games that would that give us the chance to have it in our own destiny, then didn't he? Because yeah. the games still kicked off, and I think I did say that's the end of it because we didn't know where we were going. But it's such a massive achievement than to do what he'd done. Is yeah. and obviously it goes back to what you said before. Out of ten games, you've won eight, so all them accumulated points have come in very handy when them teams dropped the points prior to playing the United, and we took advantage of it. And you know, fantastic achievement by the players and the and the staff and and the manager. And you know, they've had a lot of a hearty personally and professionally. Yeah, yeah. And, and Allison and other players, and they've come through it with flying colours, and you can't praise them enough for it. Yeah, Ian, did you think it was? A few weeks ago, do you think it was mission mission impossible? Yeah, and yeah, I, I did. I thought we uh, I thought we looked the busted flush, and, and as you said, it's the genius of Klopp and the players and the the fortitude and character. You know, the players that come through. You know, the likes of Trent. You know, turning to be leaders, didn't he, and drove the team forward. And and you've got to pay tribute to the two centre halves. Who, you know, in a, in a normal season, he wouldn't get anywhere near the first team. And, and the two of them are outstanding in their own different ways. But the character, as Keith said, you know, settled sides, centre-halves. We had uh, players back in the positions where they should play. And, you know, they like to salad and, you know, the big players turned up. What I will say is, that, I mean, I was there on Sunday. I think it was the coldest I've ever been. We liked them in game. Uh, but <laughs> the difference Manny made just with the, the crowd, that's yeah. the People singing his name, he looked a totally different player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see. He built our team, built around that like fusion, isn't it, between the supporters and the and the team and the fees off it. And you could actually see him just like go up about six notches uh, to what he's been playing like. So I do think COVID has massively, massively affected us as a football team. Uh, because I think yeah. our performances rely on the on the supporters to lift them and they just haven't been able to do that. We're City the well oiled machine, aren't they? You know, they're used to playing in the atmosphere with the greatest respect. So I think they're, yeah. they're extremely fantastic, well-oiled, technically brilliant machines. So they've just gone through it where we didn't. I mean, when it was when I went to the um, December game against Spurs, I mean, there was 1,500 in the cop and it did make a difference to the players. You could see that phys- you know, visibly. I mean, it's a bit different watching it on the telly because you can't really... But Mane seems to have a... An extra yard on his on his stride, didn't he? And yeah. and the whole team. See, I mean, Crystal Palace obviously in the ten minutes, first ten minutes they had a go, didn't they? And they could have they could have gone one up with the uh, with the uh, chance that they had. Uh, Townsend wasn't put it wide, you know. But 
Uh, as a result, we didn't need to win on Sunday, did we? Although we all wanted to win to make it in our own hands. But with Chelsea and um, and Leicester both losing, um, you know, we, we've done the business at the likes of West Brom and Burnley, wasn't it? I think if you look back to that West Brom game, I think when 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 Allison goes up and in our house, everyone's going, oh, no, desperation. And I think everyone's of the same, ain't they? Oh, no, what are they doing? You know, and, uh, you know, I know it's been said, but divine intervention and he looks to the sky and all that. You know, it's all it's all biblical stuff, isn't it, John? It's, it was all, it was always, always it was meant to be, wasn't it, really? You know, the, uh, we never do anything the easy way, struggle through adversity. But when, when the chips are down, they did come together, didn't they, the team? Yeah, and and you know what a moment, one of them moments that will be there forever. You know that people will always remember. You know when when he was going off the corner myself, I thought. Well, I was I looked at the clock and thought, I think we're already over the four or the five minutes that he said. So I, I can't see that he's might not even allow this corner to come in. But when it goes in, to be honest, I just sort of sat there because I didn't sort of believe it. But it happened, you know, until the camera zoomed in on them celebrating. Yeah. And then you're wondering if yeah, yeah, that's going to kick in. Yeah, yeah. Something happened, you know. Um, but but yeah, what what a moment and um, what an interview afterwards when when he when he spoke to Allison and he sort of poured his heart out really um, about his season and his yeah his his dad's accidental death and what have you and you know um, it just sort of made you realise that they are only normal people and young lads, really. Yeah. So that you don't, you sort of tend to forget that they are. Mm. Marlo, how did you react to that? And, um... Well, it was funny, really, because when it happened, we were, we were in the village and there's a man here that had two tellies. So we're all, we're all watching and then you just mentioned the biblical. And all of a sudden, there was a torrential rain. There was lightning and everything. The rain was dead heavy. <laughs> And as he goes up, he scores. Next minute, the telly blows up. The water, all the rain, he's got in it. And there's smoke coming from the But all the reds, we're all just jumping up, you know, at each other. And all the other Tony's sitting there with the reds in their hands, you know. It was funny. That was, as John said then, that, you know, his interview, you know, I missed it at the time because obviously we were out, but when I went home and watched it again on the telly, yeah, oh, yeah, it was heartbreaking from you know what, what's happened to you this year. And, um, divine intervention is, is mm. so, yeah, yeah. I mean, Keith, you know, when um, when some of the pundits were claiming that what Klopp said last week that if they, if they make the top four, it is one of his greatest achievements, and they were just ridiculing it, weren't they? But you know, is that that's not fair? I mean, all he was saying really was, you know, it, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And then it, it's been achieved. So it is an unbelievable achievement, isn't it? Even though you, no one celebrates getting third, of course, you know. But it's natural to celebrate, isn't it? Because of what the circumstances. If you look at the start of the season, we were fantastic. The middle part of February and March, it all went to bits. Didn't look like we could, you know, score another goal, win another game. And then the last 10 games, back to the form of... 2019-20? Yeah, you know, Klopp, Klopp knows what's going on within the club more than anybody else this season. You know, he knows 
you know, he's so close to the players anyway, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's like a big father figure to So he knows what's going on and, and what's going on behind the scenes and what's, how it's affected the team more than anybody. So when he says something like that, you got to take him at his word. You know what I mean? And as you know, as John said, and we've all said, these, these, they look like big grown men, but they're young lads, most of them. Are, you know, they're in the mid-20s. They're still growing up, some of them, you know what I mean? And they're still going through a lot of stress pressure themselves. And within all of that, unfortunately for us, we had a situation where, through one thing or another, we either lost our best players through injury or our best players through lack of, lack of form. And then both things had a big impact on, on, certainly, as you say, just after Christmas up until probably March time. And then obviously, again, without trying to be funny about it, we got to settle side together. And we slowly but surely got our form back and chipped away at results and got back to where we, we want to be. But to do what they've done with all the stuff they've had to put up with, it's a, magnific- a magnificent um, achievement. And it can't be underestimated what they've done. And they were written off so many times. They'd be yeah. ridiculed. Liverpool are being ridiculed by all these pundits by saying, you know, you don't cope with players being missing. Most teams, even Man City, I know Klopp come out and said it, if he lost their three centre-halves, and we did. And he did last the year before last, and he, he couldn't cope with it. No yeah. team in the league would have coped as well. well as you, seen, you saw what happened to United when uh, they lost Maguire. And now, a lot of people don't read Maguire, but... He obviously keeps their defence together, doesn't he? Yeah. He does well for them, but no other team would have coped any better than what we would have done and probably worse with what we've had to put up with this season. So, mm. it, you know, it, you can't underestimate. At one stage on Sunday, we thought we were going to win the league the way it was shopping and changing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but it was great. It was yeah. great to put a smile back on everyone's faces when at the end of the game, yeah. even was at the ground. I was quite sure everyone coming out the ground was euphoric in some respects. And yeah. And what he just witnessed, and for nothing else, that's a great thing. What was it like in in the ground? Was it um, was it was it all, You know, I mean, it was, yeah, it was good. In December, it was okay. You just got in. You know, there's no hold-ups in that. But I mean, what was it like? I mean, it was a, it was a little bit. There was congestion uh, getting in because obviously it was on a, a scale of ten thousand. So there was. I mean, they handled it quite well towards the end of the ticket office. It was looking a bit dodgy the five minutes ago when there was a few hundred uh, outside, but they uh, they got their act together quite quickly and 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 then again we only got in and we see you haven't seen any like uh, scenes or anything on social media, have you? So I think I think they've done quite well in the end. And look, it's new. It's a new world, isn't it? I mean, look, I I don't like it. I don't like going again. Uh, when you've got to wear a mask and you can't have a pint at half time and speak to your, your friends and you know it's 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 a very sanitized uh, environment, isn't it? But it was good, you know. I, I'd say there was a there was an atmosphere and speaking to some of the uh, club officials the other week and they were saying that like, during the uh, Christmas period they were in tears, uh, the staff because they were that like overjoyed at having people back and so it means so much to so many people, doesn't it? But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just. It, yeah, it, and was it quite loud? I mean, you can't really tell from the telly, but in a pub, but was it quite loud? And yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. You know, they were singing the songs, and it definitely had. It definitely lifted the players. And yeah, you know, it, it was quite emotional. Then you never walk alone, you know, because we know we'll when we all get back in the ground, there'll be people who we've lost. Uh, Jordan Cole, who we wouldn't have seen uh, and only see at the game. So I think yeah, hopefully moving forward. You know, we'll uh, be all yeah. back together in, in, in August, but in first step, first step. But, uh, no, the only thing I just when you saw most Allison, I, I mean, like everyone else, we're all jumping up and down. But you know, when I sat down, I just thought, what a shame you weren't there at the ground. Do you remember? The, I can just imagine the SOS coach, it's just been like one of the great journeys, home, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
it's up. It's certainly up. It's definitely up there, isn't it? It's up there with the Gerard goal against Olympiacos and that as well. No, no and, in this you know, moment, and it's just such a shame that you, you would the celebrations would have been a joy to be old, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, your jukebox on the way home and one of those things. Allez <laughs> Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. If you, if you look at it, though, I think, uh, I mean, we've said on this for a while, I think Keith was one of the main people saying it, that, you know, you've got to get Fabinho back into the midfield. And I think it's, I think it's um, the very fact that he went back into the midfield. And then we, even though we had uh, different partnerships, Kabak and, uh, and Phillips. Thiago and, and, uh, Sorry? Thiago looks a different player. Different player, different player. So... It was really the um, after you know after Fabinho went, went back into his his natural position. I think even against Newcastle and Leeds, I think those two draws he was playing at centre half, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then he Klopp changed that again and probably yeah. thought, well, I've got not much to lose now. I'll try, you know, I'll, I'll stick with Phillips, uh, Reese Williams, and Kabak and that. I mean, they've done magnificently, haven't they? They've done magnificently. Is any any uh, doubts about? I mean, there's talk that Quebec won't be getting the contract. I mean, is that? Do you think that's um, that's fair, John? Well, the club must know what plans they've got. You know, for especially with Canati coming in. You know, yeah. yeah. There's, there's rumours of of him signing. So, um, if if that's the case, because it's only what the press is saying. Even though there seems to be a bit of a Strong, strong rumor. Like um, the the club will decide, you know what what what's what's best. They they know who they're going to buy. They know yeah where Van Dijk and Gomez are up to. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all assuming that they'll be back in August, but you know, it, you never know. They, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be selling us now for argument's sake if it was going to be a month or two longer. So, but basically, I always just think the the club know best and they'll do what they need to do. There's no, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Mar- Mar- if, they, if, if they don't take on Kabak, they, they've got better yeah. options. I think, yeah, yeah. anyway. Do you think Mono, uh, you know, F- Phillips is, you know, he's done magnificently, isn't it? And I think it was significant that both him and Williams both got head injuries on Sunday, didn't he? Because that was almost symbolic as well, wasn't it? That they were going to die for the cause, you know, and go into those challenges and that. But I, well, I mean, you can, you can see Phillips now, I mean, you. You might get uh, Williams going out on loan, but would you see Phillips uh, being sold by the club, or do you think he'd be best kept as a fifth option? I think we should definitely keep him because you know he's, he showed what he's worth. You know this season. Listen, he very rarely misses an ever. Mm. And if you can, if you can imagine him, you know, say Gomez is still injured or massive whatever, and then he's next to Van Dijk, he'll bring him on even even more. You know, if but he could, if he can just if he can just sort his legs out, it'd be all right. Yeah, and we know that. We know he's a bit slower and he, he, he can give the ball away. He, listen, every time, he, in that first 10 minutes of a game, you watch all the games, he yeah. gives the ball away. But yeah, then he yeah, comes yeah. into his own then. He sort yeah. of learns from that mistake. And, you know, where I don't think we can get caught again like we did last year. Mm. With, you know, um, I think the owners have got to realise, you know, Klopp's worth miracles and getting us to where we are to get back and yeah. back to the and back to, to, to the European Cup next year. So we think it's imperative that we do keep a squad of defenders. 
Because yeah. you know, you know, God forbid if any any of the you know Well you can't rely upon Matip, can you? No, you know, he's, 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 he's injured all the time. Like now we don't know if Van Dyke's gonna be fully recovered. We don't know if Gomez will fully recover. So we are missing short, I mean. Yeah, you know, if God forbid, if anything, you know, uh, get a knock on that on that injury that he've had uh, last this season, and assess them back again. Yeah. So yeah. you know, we've we got to be prepared for that. So you know, it's like Kenesi, you know, whatever his name is, uh, Abraham. I, I think you know, it's it's a must that we uh, we do get a, a a good sense of half, you know, and, a, and a, you know, he, he he done all right. He played well against us. He made a couple of mistakes, if you remember. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what we need. And then so Phillips has a backup all day long for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Keith, do you think um think FSG probably could have learned the lesson here that they left Klopp without with a very you know with no real cover did they in the in the um because we never replaced Lovren. No. You know, and for all his faults, Lovren, you know, he he, he wasn't the greatest of players, but he was better than what we had, you know, yeah. in terms of uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you know Klopp come out last week and done a heavily uh, critical speech, uh, sort of release about the owners, sort of releasing some money. Um, you know, we said all that obviously as a bit of a, a barbed comment to the to the owners. Now, there's a couple of things with this: is that the owners could turn on and say, "Well, you know, through adversity, you you brought players and we were at the club anyway, like Sir Phillips. So what are you moaning about?" So in that respect, that's 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 me playing devil's advocate, by the way. I'm backing them up on it, but. But also, the other thing with it is that Phillips, and I, I think that Phillips has been brilliant for us, and I think anyone who's gone in there who's been playing in, in them positions, whether it be Williams, Kabak, they've done outstandingly well for us under the circumstances they play. So I, I wouldn't have any criticism of them at all, even when they made mistakes. But the thing with Phillips is that he may, he may think to himself, again, I was third choice, if, if probably fourth choice, I was getting sent out on loan until all this, all this happened. And somebody has seen his, who may have seen his performances may say, I'll take a punt on him and try and buy him and, and offer Liverpool some money. And he may say, well, I'm going to go because I'm going to get regular football. So it's a bit of a quandary nearly for him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's done nothing wrong. He deserves his team and his place in the team. In the mm. I know he's not a finished article, but he's oh. done nothing But, but that's it. That was my point. He's going to be fifth choice, isn't he? He's going to be third uh, choice. Uh, that's it. No, it'll be Van Dijk, Gomez, Fanati and Massive Den will be Phillips, yeah. He may say to himself, you know what, as much as I want to stay at Liverpool, if someone gives him a, a decent offer to first-team football at a decent level, he may want to leave. So that's yeah. another issue. So this again goes down to FSG. Yeah. But when they then back the manager again, to not just bring mm. one decent centre-half in, two centre-halves, because we've been yeah. proven we need at least four good centre-halves, don't we? Now, yeah. I mean, you're right there, Keith, though. What you're talking about then is like playing devil's advocate, that they say... Well, look what he's said. You're a brilliant coach. You got those players to get to them to yeah, third place, you know. Six months to get to that stage, didn't it? And the season it's not gone because we finished third, but the yeah. season sort of passed us by before we got they, to that. They and, and they also definitely thought we don't need to make the tough four because we're in the European Super League. It was like yeah. it was that. What well, Ian? That was for me. That must have been their thinking. It's got to be their thinking because <laughs> they just didn't back him in January, did they? You know, when he was pleading for some, you know, uh, backup, they must have been thinking, you don't need him. We've got another plan. Well, you, you wouldn't know, would you? But they, they certainly didn't back him. And just, just on Phillips, I think he's been absolutely outstanding, you know, as a as a fellow Yardog centre-half. He reminds me of Matt Elliott from Leicester. 
uh, where he just puts his heart and soul into the game. I mean, we were linked with him for years, weren't we? And I think he deserves a chance. Someone that plays like that through that pressure and is instrumental and, and a key part in, in us getting third in the uh, in, in, in the league. I think yeah. he, he certainly deserves... No, well, I, I love Matip, but you can't have Matip next season uh, the way he was with his injury. If you've got no... You know, I mean, as you said, God forbid, but, you know, we've got no idea what the two first choice centre-hours are going to come back like they yeah. might be. Good yeah. aging injuries, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, career-ending injuries, so mm. we just don't know. So I think he's like, you've got this other lad, hopefully this lad coming in, but... And you know, Philip should be in the squad just for what he is. He's a strong yeah. leader. I think he's been, you know, on, on media after the games, he's been absolutely outstanding yeah. for, for a young lad who, who last season was playing uh, two or three divisions below. So mm. uh, I may as well for him. I may as well for yeah. him. Absolutely I, super, It's changed his career, hasn't it? So uh, mm. moving forward. But yeah, the what he is, isn't it? I mean, he might touch on it, but, you know, City went on Saturday. Uh, no, that's the the cherry on the cake of their ambition, what they've been attempting to do. But it's how you stop that juggernaut, isn't it? We yeah. yeah. You know, all our signings since two six on, on the clock really have been outstanding. Can you carry that on? You know, are we? Mm. You know, and next season, you know, how is he going to get back? If they do, yeah. they do everything before them. How do you stop yeah. them? What yeah. one, what it's going to be very, it's going to be very difficult. Which leads me on to my next point there. It was so poignant seeing um, Ginny Wijnaldum on Sunday coming off. He was, you know, close to tears and that. And Klopp's program notes were saying he was the heartbeat of the team. He'd made him captain. He's more or less saying, "I want to keep this player." Now, if you look at, no one really knows the ins and outs of the negotiations. But let's face it: if you look at the, if you look at the players, he's he's played two hundred and thirty-seven games for Liverpool, and was looking. At some of the stats today, his win rate is something like 64%. So I thought, I'll compare that to like some of our great midfield players from the 70s and 80s, and it's better than them. Soonest is the nearest with 59, and Peter Beardsley with just over 60. So 64% win rate with Will Arden and the team. So he's obviously crucial to Klopp's setup. And he, if anything, he's the, he's the ultimate um, Klopp player, isn't he? Because he's selfless, he keeps the ball, and a lot of people say, oh, "I don't see what he does," you know. But obviously, Klopp sees what he does. I think he's a player's player. The players know what he does. He, he keeps the ball, gets out of tight situations, hardly ever gives it away. So, John, do you think it's another bad decision by the club to let him go? I mean, he's on uh, ninety thousand um, pounds, same as Shakiri. And if you look at the other players, Salah and, and Thiago and everyone on 200 grand a week, uh, Henderson, Milner on about 140, 150, he's probably saying, I'm important to this team. You've won major honours with me as the heartbeat of the team. Can we have some parity? Uh, and that's what it's all about. His agent's probably gone in, hasn't it, and said, look, we want we want to get up to you know the 140, 150, and Liverpool have gone, no, and we don't want to give you two or three years because you're 30. You think it's, you know, yeah, do you think it's blinkers? I'm not, I'm not so sure. It could be like he wants a, the length of contract that they don't want to give. Maybe, maybe that's it. Um, it could be that he's already being told, allegedly it's Bayern Munich or whatever, that he gets this massive signing on fee. You know, yeah. and maybe he said to Liverpool, if you can put that signing on fee 
as well as my wages for the next three years into a new deal. Yeah. I'll stay. You know, and it could be that Liverpool think, well, yeah, okay, if we do that, what about player X and player Y and yeah. player Z? So, I, I don't know, without really knowing who's maybe, whether he's demanding more than um, is reasonable or whether it's Liverpool who just don't want to give him yeah. anything because but if you see, years, we don't know. If you, look, if you look at it, John, if you look at his, um, if you look at wages he's on, you know, and it's obviously, it's, it's you know, for ordinary people, it's unbelievable, £90,000. But if you look at the kites is on 120, you know, um, Milner is on 140. Henderson's on 140. He's probably saying, can I have parity with them? And that's why maybe they've said no. But, and, you know, Marlo, do you think it's do you think it's another... I mean, obviously, Klopp wants to keep him, doesn't he? His programme notes prove that, don't they? Yeah, you know, what you both just said there about um, clarity in the wages um, with, with, with everybody else. You'd say yeah, as a, as a fan. Well, you know, we know it's outrageous money to all on a pathway, right? But we would say yeah. Well, for me, to let him go, we've got to go and buy somebody else anyway in the same position who's going to cost you 50 probably million plus who's as good as him. So that's the conundrum that we are that 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 we have now and then the club will have. But listen, they they know what to do, and obviously, you know, uh, for me, I, I've always think thought like, well. This year, you know, to zone by this year, we've got to sell. But when Alden's going on a free, yeah, that's the best yeah. in, in, in this scenario. But mm. for me, I, I would have loved to have uh, kept him, definitely. Um, yeah. He's been brilliant in our midfield, you know. Um, he's very rarely injured. Plays almost he he obviously sees himself as one of the senior players, doesn't he? And he was the captain, you know. So he obviously, he was, Klopp thought he was one of the senior players. He was... You know, we hardly ever missed a game uh, through injury. So, you know, so it's one of them, isn't it? It's another. So, it's another. I can't understand this decision. Well, it's obviously uh, it's an FSG. Um, you know, it's 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 there. It's there in take on it because Klopp's come out and said he wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't he? He wants him to maybe, stay. Maybe maybe they got someone lined up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. Just but why, keep, but why keep the, they want him to stay. Hmm. Keith, are you, are you surprised that they're letting them go? Yeah, I'm surprised they're letting them go. But, you know, as you said, is he an ulterior motive behind it? Have they got things on behind the scenes? Because you look at the squad and if, if you put if you, if you didn't think, if you didn't know that Alden was leaving and all this was out, he's probably one of the last ones you think he would get rid of. Of the Shakiris, you know, your um, Oxley Chamberlain, though I like Oxley Chamberlain. And there's a few players before Van Alden who you think to get rid of. Even James Milner, obviously, because he's a bit older even though he'd been brilliant for us. So it is very surprising. But the other side of it is that they may they may look at it and go, well, you know, Klopp thinks the world of a lot of Curtis Jones, for instance, and he may say, well, Lee's is natural successor and he's stopping them from progressing in the first team because they've done that in the past, Liverpool, you know, the good sides, yeah. play, go bring young players through. Yeah. So it might be that's the side of it. I think that's I think that's got a lot to do with the... Uh... I think that might be, again, and we, we hope this, and I'm not being dis- disrespectful to the players who have been at the club and possibly moving them on because they've done a good job for us. But there's probably three or four or five players there in similar positions. If we do need to get another one, Cater's probably one of them because he's been injured. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah. money and you say he's on that wages. So he may be looking to move a lot of players on and bring one or two, hopefully three, top quality players in to replace them. So 
it's a big. We keep saying it's a big, massive uh, pre-season for us, and and the transfer window, how we perform in this, and we've got to get it right to do as John said, and we've all said um, to challenge City again because we can yeah. challenge it, even with the team we got now, we could probably challenge them again with the crowds back in the ground. But we need to add more quality if we're going to keep on beating them all the time. And yeah. That's what we've got. yeah. Ian, are you are you a bit surprised by the? I mean, he, he looked really he looked really emotional, didn't he, on Sunday? Because he, he's more a saying, look, he, when you when you're in those situations, and it's all a lot of it's to do with agents and people going in, and he, they probably know all the other players what wages they're on, and say, well, am I am I less important than Naby Keita? No, I'm not. I'm just at least as important or more. So, you know, I think. He probably thought Liverpool would would, uh, would match his demands, wouldn't he? You know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, when you're saying about the win rates, you know, the man's absolute quality, isn't he? You know, as Mono said, he was hardly injured. Uh, seven mm. out of ten every game. Then he'd have a nine out of ten. I mean, he's been absolutely exceptional. It's been a massive part of the success we've had. So, and also he's a leader, isn't he? So he, he ticks every box. So for me, I think as Keith yeah. said, I would have got rid of a lot more than uh, if you're going to. Clear some of them out, and some of them have been great uh, no, savings for us. Yeah, like that. But you know, they, they probably need to move on now, don't they? And yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's how do you replace someone who's just who's just outlined probably one of our most successful midfielders ever. Never caused an ounce of trouble, and he's had a great time. I think you know it's been uh, of, uh, the best time of his career. So you just don't know, and, and I think there's an yeah. element. Of, he said about Curtis. I think no, you might think Curtis. I think that's. Great. I think that's the one yourself. Yeah. But the crowd are going to have to be patient with them, Pete, because you know. Yes. Ronaldo. He's still raw, isn't he? He's still raw. So no, there's a lot of uh, expectation on Curtis Jones' shoulders then to replace someone like Ronaldo, who, as you said, he had he had the bad game. No, and he was a huge part of the success moving forward. So it's a gamble by the club. I mean, I'd still love it last minute for him to stay. I don't think he hasn't signed yet, but. Yeah, no. I mean, then going on to you know um, Thiago in the last ten games, it was an absolute joy to watch, wasn't it? And like you know, I mean, some people were doubting his ability in in the February March. He came into a store. I mean, he had a terrible injury against Everton because before that he looked like he did in the last ten games, didn't he? he had a terrible injury. Uh, and then he comes back to a start, side which is struggling in confidence. And I think the Leicester game epitomised that giving those free kicks away. And he was a bit like Lucas in that way, wasn't he? He, gave, he was giving stupid free kicks away on the edge of the box, which which damaged it. But, you know, if you look at that Leicester game, we deserved to win that Leicester game, didn't we? Uh, away. You know, we did, didn't we? At the King Power, we deserved to win that game. But And so people were, like, writing off Thiago, going, oh, he's... He slows the game down. He does this. Loads of pundits were on his case and that. But in the last 10 games, John, he's just been, you know, I can't wait for next season to see Thiago console the ball with studs all day. Yeah, it's, it's uh, right what you were saying. Like when he came in, he'd just come back from that injury. Um, and, and the team was struggling, struggling for everything, not just winning, just for rhythm. And, you know, we weren't even getting close in some games. We were just getting easily beaten in many ways by, by some teams um, and yeah he was getting caught with, with a lot of fouls then but I think lately he hasn't been getting done for as many fouls has he you know so maybe no, he's, got, I think he, I think he's got better with the pace of the game I think with, the, I think with Fabinho being next to 
Fabinho's doing the tackling for him. And you know, he, well, he, yeah. I think I don't think he's doing as many ridiculous tackles, or he's just up to the pace of the game. You know. Yeah, probably a bit of the pace. Really, he's more more yeah. used to it now. Yeah, Mono. I mean, he's just a. He's like it's like watching Alonso again, isn't it? Mark two. Yeah, he, these last ten games has been immense for us. Um, and I say I can't wait for for next season now. And obviously within uh, um, uh, the midfield, you know, I, I think he'll once him and Fabinho gets gets the act together. Once we get Van Dijk, you know, our defence sorted, you will see a, a different Liverpool, obviously a different Liverpool team next season. But uh, he's been great, and as you say, he's, he's cut the tackles out because he was a booking every game, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, that's some more that's stopped now. But as you say... I, I love his expression when he's fouled, no, he turns around, he's like... Yeah, he has his hand on his head. <laughs> but he's great, you know, he gives the eyes when he passes the ball, doesn't he? He's looking yeah. left and he's passing it right. Yeah, you know he's at that, and it's a dead ball to feet. You know, oh, he's absolutely brilliant. So it's, um, it's, it's you know it's a it's a great plus for us next year. It's a joy you to know. watch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the weight of his passes, you know, they're just immaculate, aren't they? The the weight yeah. he puts them on. Keith, I mean, are you? I mean, we all we all knew he was a talented player, but I think uh, you know. I think even even we've been surprised at how, how how good he is, you know, in the last few games. You know, all I was saying in the last few games was just give the ball to Thiago, just get him the ball as quick as possible, because it was so obvious that he was the only one really creating anything, wasn't he? You know, without leaving on the point, it's putting players in the right positions, isn't it? You know, you know, he turned him out to the foul and he's done it because he was playing a lot deeper. Getting caught without now, he's playing probably a little tactical uh, change, but it's probably 10 yards further up the pitch. Where he's he's not worrying about tackling somebody because he's predominantly outside that their box rather than being sort of way halfway between our box where he thinks he's desperate to make the tackle. He can let things go a little bit, knowing full well he's got back up behind him. So, for me, I've said this all along, and he's he's been brought in, to, in my opinion, to play behind the front three, not in front of the back four. And when he's gone in behind the back three. All right, at the front three, sorry. It's not always come off, but he's there to probe and probe and probe. And he plays little 10-yard passes, which opens up defences. And that's what he's there for. And when yeah. he's doing it, there's probably no one better than him at the moment. And the longer he gets running the team and gets his fitness levels up and gets used to the team itself around him, he'll become a fantastic and even better player for him. Yeah. I mean, Ian, what, I mean, what are your impressions? It's just, you know... It's just got to be massively the ball, hasn't he? And yeah. Watching Vabertoff and Mobsic at Anfield, you know, and seeing and th- being amazed by the first touch, and you know, he's very much like that, hasn't he? Just he's got complete mastery of the ball. I think Keith's right. We see the best of them next season, and hopefully, we like uh, De Bruyne, you know, that type of player for us. And, and you know, yeah, he's, well yeah. got, he's well got that in his locker. If we get a settled back four and a and a midfield, all the players back in and all fully functioning, and the front three again, he, he'll be an absolute uh, asset. He's he's, he's well classed. Yeah. He's well classed, and he's he, and he's looking. For- He's looking for those shots on the edge of the box, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was unlucky in the last couple of games, but, you know, he certainly got that, uh, you know, the ability to beat a goalie, can't he, from the edge of the box, you know, which we've been lacking a little bit. We've been trying to walk it in all the time, haven't we? It's yeah. fantastic when it's one-twos in the box and it comes off, but we need the different options, don't we, really, for, like, we haven't had someone who can shoot outside the box, really, since Coutinho, have we, really? 
I think I think he's got lots in his locker what we haven't really seen yet. I think once we're settled and the crowd are back and he gets back to normality, I think we'll see the uh, the, the proper side. And look, he's one of the great players for Bayern Munich. Why is he not going to be one of the great players for us? So yeah, I'm really yeah, looking yeah. forward, really, as you, everyone said, really looking forward to seeing him uh, motor next year. He's a little mark as well and he's good in the air. He's, he's got lots of... Yeah, oh, he's great in the air, yeah, yeah. got lots of, uh, lots of hidden talents, I think. So look forward to seeing him next year. Yeah. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. So seeing as the um, the season is over now, um I'm gonna do a few like best moments and that type of thing. So uh off the top of your head really, uh, John, uh best moments of the season for you? Probably, probably Alison scoring a goal. Just yeah. so, so so joyous really, so unexpected, so killer as well, the last touch of the game. His interview after, and just really pleased for him, and and it kept uh, kept our little bit of momentum going. It kept us on track. Yeah, Mono, I ask you the goal of the season, but you're going to probably pick the Allison goal, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm going for uh, Mo Salah at West Ham. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was it was a, a Liverpool break the way we do. Oh, what a what what security was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the first touch, little dink in the corner. Excellent goal. Yeah. Goal of the season. World class, wasn't it? World class, yeah. So, Keith, um, I'd say uh, performance of the season as, as a team? Um, you probably, I'd say, the Man United won the league was a good performance, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Um, there's been a few way. Uh, I don't think, you know. Yeah, Arsenal won early on, wasn't it? That was... I've, been, I've been more pleased performance of the team by the performances of the lads who come in under extreme pressure and done well for us, the Phillips and the Williams of this world. To me, they've been immense. And you can't I can't say I wouldn't praise them enough. Any anyone who gives them any stick doesn't know what they're talking about because they've been fantastic for us. So performance of the season I'd, I'd put down possibly to Nath Phillips to be totally honest with you because you know he's come in to replace the best player we best centre half we've had since yeah. Alan Anthony basically. Yeah. Uh, and he's done a great job for me. So that that's what yeah. I'd say. Yeah, uh, Ian, what's the worst moments of the season? And that can be on or off the field. Van Van Dyke, Van Van Dyke getting taken out, wasn't it? I think that, that yeah. changed that changed everything, didn't it? it just I think the worst in the European, worst in the European Super League. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to talk about that. We're we'll talking on the uh, we're talking on the pitch. I think uh, on the pitch. Okay, I think just I think I just think where uh, that. The game against Everton and losing Van Dijk and Thiago in one game, I think uh, I think it was pivotal. I think we 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 done well to be to carry on, but you couldn't sustain it, could you? Yeah, when we were just losing too many. So <clears throat> I think uh, I think losing losing Van Dijk uh, was yeah. a, was a. But I mean, look, I haven't enjoyed the season at all. The last couple of games, no, no, you know, watching that just it, you know football without fans truly is absolutely garbage, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, and I haven't even. Enjoyed watching Liverpool at times, even if we weren't winning. No, and you look yeah. at you look at the, the the lack of joy around City winning the league. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. joyless, joyless, joyless event. Yeah, yeah. Alison, Alison, my my worst uh, moments of the season has got to be watching the Liverpool Leeds game, thinking that the European Super League was going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I just you know. 
I was totally numb watching that game. And I, I was like half interested. I wasn't even interested in it. I was thinking it's all irrelevant now. The European Super League's coming. So I'd say that was my worst moment. And then probably the best moment was the next day when it all collapsed like a pack of cats. You know, apart from Sunday making the uh, top four, of course. But that was, and that brings on nicely to um, to the uh, the deal FSG have done with the Spirit of Shankly. Ian, you were in, you were on, on the negotiating team, weren't you, with the uh, Spirit of Shankly, who went in to see uh, Billy Hogan and various other um, executives. I mean, could you talk? I mean, don't want to go into too much detail, really. But what you know, how did that come about, and what what was the procedure? Well, it's going to come about with, with, with you know, Hogan reaching out and, and you know, seeing other, the way other clubs had reacted. And I think from the Spirit of Shanky perspective, I think we all see we seen it as an opportunity, didn't we? You know, to to do what we always believed should have happened, which was, you know, which was a deal between uh, SOS and the club. And I, I just thought it was a real moment in time uh, with the club acting like they did and uh, Henry acting like he did. And it opened up an opportunity, not just for Liverpool, but for football across, you know, you know across the country. And and you know, the meetings were set up, and you know, I must pay due credit to the. And to get, I, I think everybody that's been involved in the spirit of Shankly since its inception deserves a huge amount of credit because to get to that position was because of everybody's efforts right through uh, over the last uh, twelve years. And there's there's many on this. In, in this room that are intrinsically involved in that. So I think everybody deserves a huge amount of credit because the respect the club have got for Spirit of Shankly uh, was, was there to be seen. And, you know, and Joe Block done a magnificent job during, negotiate, during, the, uh, during the talks and the negotiations. And, you know, and I think when you looked at some of the other deals which were getting uh, taken by the supporter group, so if you look at Chelsea and you look at Tottenham's, uh, they're pretty poor of them, brutally honest. From, from looking at it from from uh, my perspective, I just think having a fan on the board with no power, uh, constrained by confidentiality agreements, it's more like a trophy. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't tip the balance of power. And that's what we were saying to the club. You know, you need to empower the football fans because you know we can be an ally on and off the pitch, but you need you need you, you need to trust. But most importantly, from that deal, Peter, was the fact that we had to have the ability to stop. Uh, and Olman having another mad moment and listening more to the likes of Real Madrid uh, chairman than uh, to the football uh, supporters trust chairman. And I think that's that's the key thing. And I think from that deal, uh, I think what what we negotiated, uh, hopefully, uh, will will give us that give us that power. Yeah, it's going to be ratified by members at a, at a at a vote in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, what I mean, can you you? Can you see the club genuinely involving the fans in the future? I mean, they have had supporters committees and fan forums in the past, but do you yeah. see this as real change? No, no, I, I do, uh, I do, because I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't put it before the membership if I thought it was a, it was a deal along them lines. And I think you know the club had their ideas around, you know, potentially that sort of uh, model and maybe a little bit souped up. But I think what we've actually got, having that. Clear blue water between the board. We got you know that separation, uh, but also having the consultation uh, put into the uh, in, in, into the articles of association and embedding it into the club, and then having the veto. Uh, I think it puts us in a, in a superb position. And for me, I'm looking at it. 
not just from a Liverpool perspective, but nationally. You know, if, if all clubs could come up with some sort of deal like that, and then we'd have, you know, two fan representatives like a, a body, uh, yeah. you know, backed by the power of the union, because that's key. You know, it's backed yeah. by the membership. So it, I think it, I think there's a transfer of power there uh, to a degree. I think we've got we're in a far better position than we were ten weeks ago. You know, yeah. from that perspective, and that's how I'm looking at it. And I think we can only build on it. I think we can yeah. learn ability, Shankly. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity. What about the fan-led review, which is uh, chaired by Tracy Crouches? I mean, is that are you, are you hopeful for that, or do you think that could be? Um... Well, look, you know. I think Tracy Crouch is a, is a good share for it. And speaking to like the Football Supporters Association, they've got hopes. But when you see the board uh, announced uh, at the weekend, and you know, certainly fan-led. Well, there's, you know, there's no fans on it, apart from, uh, apart from Keats, mate, Kevin Miles. Yeah, Kevin Miles. So there's <laughs> a question to be answered there now. And the only thing, and, and also we've always got to keep in mind, haven't we, that you know, you're know you dealing with a populist like Boris Johnson who's come out and said all the things what he said. But you know, as legend that uh, has it, on the Wednesday, he welcomed the European Super League when he met Woodward from United yeah. and on the Sunday. <laughs> uh, he was going to nationalise the Premiership. So I think, I, think, you know, every, I think everything with a pinch of salt, we'll see where yeah. we get with it. And, uh, yeah. But for me, what we've done, we've actually done something tangible we've got a model out so it's up yeah, to us to make it work but you know the fan led review if that can if that can give us an enhancement so we, let, let, let's uh, welcome it but we've actually mm. gone out and, and, and stuck a deal with Sam which me as a, as a fan activist and a member of Spirit of Shankly and a Liverpool supporter I'm, I'm really really happy with oh, it's great, great to hear that Ian and I think you know the, there'll be a meeting next week I think online meeting for members so people will hear more about it then you know yeah. Um, be a, uh, uh, and when we're recording this, it's a very significant date in the history of Liverpool Football Club. It's the 25th of May, <laughs> and um, 77 springs to mind, and also uh, 2005. I mean, is that a glorious mono? Is that would you say the 25th of May is the most important date in our history? It's the greatest day in the calendar. No. <laughs> Especially for me and my mate John. You what know. about you? What about your children's birthdays? Yeah, they come second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the twenty. You know, our, our journey on a, in May nineteen seventy-seven started on the uh, the, the Friday before, didn't Friday it, John? Yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Friday night London, to, yeah. yeah, got the uh, the national coach down to London for, to the cup final. Got beat. Sold all night, stayed in Shepherd's Bush. Still remember it vividly. Next day, got, how come you got off school? I was, I was <laughs> in TV at the time, looked, looked about ten. <laughs> and uh, we got to San Alpino to the Sydney. Yeah. You know, we were we were boss them days, really. We, we got to we got to good train, not not the, not the nightmare train. <laughs> so we were away for a week. We even missed the homecoming on a Friday. Yeah. Never got until Saturday, the following Saturday, did we? Mm. So it was it was, an, um, it was an epic journey for us, like and mm. to see you know to see Rome and you know and, and all its pomp yeah. and glory and you know when we were kids and then you know at the time in the seventies it was it was drab and dreary you know and good old blighty as they say you know but uh, to, to see to see a city yeah. like that was just unreal you know memories and mm. sort of made of isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's. 
you know, it's 16 years since Istanbul, but it's, you know, it just doesn't feel like 16 years, does it? It's like, you know, it's gone in a flash, really, isn't it? That's what they say when you get past 21. It just goes like a flash. But, I mean, you know, what a night that was. I mean, that's just an incredible night. And, you know, Liverpool are still writing chapters, aren't they? These last 10 games and they're getting to Champions League was another chapter in, you know, Mission Impossible, wasn't it? And that was certainly Mission Impossible, wasn't it, at half-time? You know, everyone wrote us off. I mean, Keith was... Have you got any memories... Well, yeah, but the biggest memory you got of all, what, what you just spoke about then, is being involved heavily with the fans, hasn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? With the fans coming along on the journey. Now, obviously, this season we haven't had it. You know, is it a quirk of fate that on Saturday, Sunday, we had the 10,000 fans in the ground to push us over the line? Only time will tell. But the fans are as, as pivotal to any of that as the team has been, haven't they? And what they've done. Yeah. That, as Mono said, the stories you can regale about people going all over Europe and how they've got there. You could do about 10 different podcasts on, on any journey at any given time. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Istanbul, I didn't go to, to Roma 77. My mum wouldn't let me go. I'm still at school. We <laughs> <laughs> believed. Uh, but obviously, been to everyone since, so didn't, didn't go to Heisel. Um, but, uh, but it, you know, the memories of them all, whether you win or lose, you know, I thought Kiev was a great trip, apart from the results. We had a great time in yeah. Kiev. You yeah. know, we've been beaten in certain games, but we've had a great trip. And that's what their memories are always about. As we always say, the game gets in the way of a good day out sometimes, doesn't it? And no more yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it's that many memories. I've got I've got quite a few, and there's a lot more people who have got more than what I've got. Yeah. Ian, did you have a bit of a laugh when you saw the uh, flag on Sunday, which uh, we'll see things that I'll never see the Etihad? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, you know, in terms of like uh, uh, imitation, it's the sincerest form of flattery, you know? You know, you just can't... I'd, we were, when they showed that in the twelfth man pub, everyone just burst out laughing. <laughs> no, yeah, like right, imitation, and it was uh, I think Gallagher was under it, wasn't he? Uh, no, 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 I've seen no pants and old Gallagher, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, what a what a day, you know, what steep dynasty, isn't it? You know, and just you just can't wait for them uh, European tips to start again, can you? And they'll get, you know, I think that's what we live for, you know, certainly you've got the likes of yourself, Mono and all that, you know, you, you see the photos and, and I just think, I think certainly when we went to Madrid, you know, I took my two boys with me and he, and he tasted it, you know, he, he, he tasted what, what it meant and yeah. the whole three, four days and, you know, we all we're all hungry for more of that, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there'll be many more 25th days uh, moving forward yeah. the next Well, at least, at least we're not in the European Conference League or whatever it's called. <laughs> we're back in the Champions League where we belong. Absolutely. Um, and thanks for my guest tonight, John Nicholson, Steve Monaghan, Keith Colwyn, Ian Byrne. Thanks for all our listeners all around the world. And just had the uh, news now that the Blood Red uh, podcasts are like up to number five in the Apple podcast or whatever that means. But we must be doing something right. Uh, and well done, Ian, and the negotiating committee went into CFSG. And uh, well done, Liverpool FC, for getting into third from uh, an impossible position. And that just whets our appetite, really, for next season. And hopefully, you know, um, the backroom staff can do the job in a transfer market and either move a few players on, but also bring in some quality, because that's, you know, that's what we need back up. He's looking to try and challenge against Man City. 
you know, they've got almost two quality teams, haven't they? You know, we've got maybe one and a half and say we've got about maybe 16 to 18 players, but, you know, we've got to get that quality in there. I mean, I think, um, you know, good luck to everyone in the close season, bringing them in, you know. You've been listening to Alain LaRouge. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we won't talk about England, I don't think, unless Trent's playing. We don't know who he is. He's in the 33, but you never know. Uh, you never know. But the, the irony is that all the Leeds fans were moaning today that Bamford's not in the team. And all the Liverpool fans were moaning about uh, the chances in the squad. You know, so <laughs> I think that's just about sums it up. Thanks a lot. See you again. Allez la Rouge. You've been listening to the Allez la Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.